welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Super excited about this morning. It's good. It's, I'm happy that Pastor Sean is in Brazil. I believe this is a, a key week. A lot of, uh, some of, let me just say this, a lot of the leaders that I've been talking to this week experienced something in their week that was a little bit heavy, either heavy news or uh, whatever it was. And I really felt like, and since the beginning with Onyeka and our team here from the pre-experience worship and prayer, we really feel from God is that we need to make room for him just to come and let it go let it go any burden in our hearts first peter talks about like cast your anxieties before the king of kings give everything to him and i just want to encourage us this morning i believe there will be healing here for every single one of you because we all need right we all need more of jesus don't we i know i do i know i do well, so I'm so thankful, thankful for Pastor Sean. Thank you for the privilege of being here. I just want to acknowledge our online community that also is so faithful. It's so great that the testimonies that I hear from people that I meet here on Sundays that came just because they were watching online. So uh, it's still important that we are sharing this and we have, we have the online experience for KC and I know that people are encouraged by it. Uh, and we all want to continue on this theme. Last week, I also shared on my giving about the impact of generosity and this week the lord started to speak to me a lot about the heart of generosity and i want to pull from this i've been asking god give me a generous heart uh proverbs 4 a verse that most of us are familiar says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it so even your generosity comes out of your hearts so if you want to have a revelation of generosity you need to start with that's the starting point just god touch my heart make my heart generous your generosity is going to flow from your hearts when proverbs talks and i I mentioned this in our prayer just a few seconds ago it talks about the heart it talks about emotions its heart is the center of all our emotions and i think if there was one topic that we don't hear much about in churches in general at least through the churches i've been is emotions Sometimes we are afraid of talking about specific key items like anxiety, depression. Do you know what? Because sometimes we think that having or experiencing anxiety, experiencing depression has to do with lack of faith. But let me tell you, it doesn't. Those are not a reflection of lack of faith. Those are emotions that many times we experience and we need to process that before God. One alarming statistic that I was reading this week is the number of suicides amongst pastors in Brazil was highly increasing because of the pressure. They don't talk enough about the emotions. And people, the way that uh, I can speak that more about the Brazilian culture, like people think that the pastor cannot make any mistake. They have to live this perfect life. And 
all the pastors, yeah, we, we must try. We, we need to try to imitate Jesus. We need to be the best. But the reality is that we all go through stuff. And we need to be able to process. And this is a safe place to process your emotions, not to be shy on your emotions. So don't, I just want to break this lie that fear, depression, anxiety, they're a sign of lack of faith. They're not. Jesus is in this room because he wants to touch every single part of you. Amen? So today, in light of that, I want to talk about a passage that every time that I was praying for this morning, I kept going back to this passage. And for illustration's purposes and for to make sure that you guys stay awake the whole time with me, I'm going to ask you a favor. You're going to pick up your right hand, left hand, if you can choose. You're going to close it tight. You can press it until it like really hurts a bit. Okay? And throughout the six, six verses, five verses that I'm going to read, hold on tight. Don't let it go, okay? Can we all do that? Everybody's ready? Okay. Luke 6, 6 and 11. On another Sabbath. No, I'll go faster. He went into the synagogue and was teaching a man there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew that they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is more lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? to save life or to destroy it. He looked around them, and they said to the men, stretch out your hand, and he did so. And his hand was completely restored, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. You can let it go. How does it feel? A little bit numb? Probably you experience a little bit of the numbness and like, once Jesus asks you to stretch, like you regain, you start like slowly regain your, if you press really hard, you're going to start to uh, slowly start to regain the sensibility in your hand. I want to talk about a healthy heart and with the encouragement of stretch out your hands and what does that mean? I'm going to give you three key things that I find in this passage. I'm going to be really on point today that I find in this passage that we need to really host in our hearts and look for in our hearts and continue to pursue in our lives in order to have a healthy heart, okay? Can we all jump in? Number one, learn to wait. It's a tough one, huh? I can tell by the, the silence in the room. How many times, like this man, had a problem, had a physical condition? How many years did he wait for Jesus to bring healing to him. I bet it was a long time. And the reality is that who here likes to wait? I don't. You want to see me really mad and not holy? Confession time? Bring me to Sao Paulo traffic. You, won't, you will see another Eduardo, I promise you. My wife is here to attest. And I'm not lying and I'm confessing my sin. Honestly, guys, I used to live 15 minutes, 15 kilometers from work, and it would take me some days more than an hour and a half just to wait in. 
in an hour on the way back, if not more. There was one day with three hours. Bless that day. It was a flood. There was a lot of things going on. But I'm not a holy person when it comes to sitting and waiting on traffic. I get annoyed. I start judging people. I told Matt the other week that I wish I had a paintball gun in my car so I can shoot some. <laughs> Just confession time, okay? I'm not myself. And I need healing when it comes to driving. I'm confessing my sins. Because I hate sitting and waiting. Especially when I know that people can move in. And I don't, I don't know what some people, they're driving decisions, but it's not. Okay, I won't get too much into that but waiting sometimes is problematic because when you have been waiting for so long do you know what happens you begin doubting and now i'm just bringing more to spiritual principles because you begin doubting is this was this really from god was this move really from god was this the place that i was supposed to be and i want to encourage you when doubt try to hop, rob you from your journey doubt your doubts but don't doubt the one who gave you the word for your journey continue to trust him because actually waiting is a beautiful thing god does a lot of things in the way and waiting even though it doesn't sound like but things in the kingdom are upside down waiting is actually advancing god wants to do beautiful things and he does beautiful things when we wait Jesus waited 30 years in preparation to be used for God. How many years? Who has been in church for longer than 30 years here? Only a few of us, right? That you actually made a decision even less hands, right? That you've been walking in the life of God. Jesus waited a long time. In fact, time is something that is mentioned on the book and the aspects of time and hour in the book of John 30 times. Because he knew it's, it's tough for us to wait. And Jesus will say, my hour is not here yet. So you can see many references when he talks about time. Because Jesus also knows that a lot of questions rise in the time of wait. Right? Not only doubts, but you begin to question some things. What is good God doing when I'm waiting? So let's read uh, back this passage. You don't need to press your hands again. Uh, the first two verses on another sabbath he went into the synagogue and he was teaching and a man there was there with uh whose right hand was shriveled the pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse him so they watched him closely what he would do on sabbath so that guy was on the waiting game he didn't say that he came to jesus before jesus was teaching at the synagogue he doesn't say that the guy was there just to get his healing he was there waiting listening to Who's this guy that heals people that people are talking about? He was there and just positioning himself. God, what are you doing? I want to be near you. My time will come. And one question that a lot of people ask on the waiting is, where is God? Have you asked that self, yourself? Where is God in this situation? I did. Isaiah 64.4 says, For since the world began, no one has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. While you wait, God is working for you. And I want to encourage you to remember that. Maybe you feel like your season has been so long. God is working for you. 
He's above our chronological time. And He's in the works for us. And another passage, just to encourage you. Isaiah, and this one, everybody knows here probably in this place, 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Who wants that promise for your life? So we got to wait. And waiting is active. It's an active response. The best way that I can describe is a waitress in a restaurant. Just coming to, the, the, to someone's table and saying, hey, here am I. I'm here to serve you. I'm ready. Do you need anything? What are you doing in the season? You're constantly coming back to the presence of God. It's the way you position. Waiting is not a passive game. In the waiting, there is preparation that is taking place. Once Noah heard from God there will be a flood, what did he do? Cross his arms and wait? No. He's building an ark. He's building a place for the promise of God. So waiting has nothing to do with a passive reaction. And So I know it's hard, but we need to learn to be patient. And it's something that only time with God and only experiences with God can create. Because waiting without knowing the God you serve creates anxiety. Waiting with confidence that the, knowing the God you know creates in you hope. This is not my time. My time is not here yet. And I'll come. And I'll do great things for you. God did not forget any of his promises over your life. God wants to do all that he promised. And we just need to position our hearts. Jesus, I'm here. I'm coming before your presence. Do what only you can do. That's why we need a, a word from God. You're going to hold on to that word. Number two. Oh, before I just go there. Waiting is, I'm learning a new aspects of waiting because I've been trying to teach my son the timelines and things that don't happen. So when is he going to be? His birthday is coming up. So under, for him, understanding and waiting is so hard. With little things, and then all he does is ask back this one question for me. Why? Why, Daddy? Why do I have to wait? Why this? Why that? Kids have a hard time, but something that I love about the posture of his heart, he's always coming back to me. God, what are you, Daddy, what are you doing? When is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And we have that freedom before the Lord. So I want to encourage you to position your waiting game in the season in a different way. That that will create hunger and thirst in your life. That I say, I want to be part of what God's doing, of His moving. Amen? Number two, face your emotions. And I think this is big. This is what we started the message with. Luke 6, 8. But Jesus knew that they were thinking what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Man, many of us, and I find this, I'm a Canadian now so I can speak about our culture. We don't like to be exposed. Yeah. I'm a proud Canadian. We don't like 
to be exposed. And Jesus, in fact, was actually, he was probably teaching and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to pause my teaching and I'm going to bring a practical application here. Hey, you, with the shriveled hand, expose the guy. Get up in front of everyone and start teaching in a different way. Imagine yourself in that situation. And I love that even after, he says on verse 10, he looked around at them all and they said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so and his hand was completely restored. If people didn't know that he had a shriveled hand and somebody was come and stretch your hand to say hi, would the guy stretch the hand that had a problem or the hand that was normal? We like hiding our things, our issues. And I believe that before the presence of Jesus, we have a safe spot where we can expose them and say, I'm not afraid of hiding what I carry. It's my journey. It's my process in life. It's my pain. Here it is, Jesus. We cannot be afraid of our wounds. Jesus wants to touch them. I want to encourage you in this season, don't hide your pain. God loves to work with the scars that you have and you carry in your life. And I love that Jesus was the same way. Look at this passage, John 20, 24 to 26, 27 actually. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it until I see the nails, wounds in his hands and put my fingers onto them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be fearless any longer. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Jesus didn't hide his pain. And I want to tell you that your scars, the pains you go through life, they will become your message. When the word asks for a sign, you can say, hey, here am I. Look at what I've been through. If I'm here today, it's for the mercy of Jesus in my life. That he stood for me in a dark time. And I was just in the car ride this morning with John talking about this. As we recently have our, our son Nicholas, who's three months old now. The, the process, and for those that, I think the majority of the people that I'm looking here know that we lost our second son, John, on a stillbirth and there's still constant moments that we are walking with Nicholas that things from that season will come back I was being very very vulnerable with John and I'll, I'll share this I don't mind but every day that I put Nicholas has his own bassinet in a room and every day that I put him there I remember Jonathan when I had to finally give him away for the doctor and I have to, and I will face that pain. But I know that today I can stand strong because Jesus restored and he brought joy back at us. 
And I'm still in a journey. I'm just being honest with you guys. God is still healing. But this is part of my journey. It's going to become my message. You can only talk about what you've been through in life. You experience healing. That's why God wants to use every single one of you because every single one of you have a powerful message. Maybe you overcame death. You overcame a sickness, a disease. You carry such an authority to speak into life of someone that is going through that that nobody else carries. I had no grief, no understanding for parents that lost their children. But now because I've been through, I'm able to experience and also to speak into and to pray with more grace, with more love for these people. So we cannot fear and hide our emotions. God wants us to face them. He wants in order to restore your heart and the beauty that is in your heart to touch everything that is in there. So I want to encourage us in this season to really step out and expose yourself. Nobody here is perfect, guys. I make mistakes every day. But the thing is, our heart must be with one focus. I want to become more like you, Jesus. Number three, and I think this is key, and this is the one that I still struggle. We are going to struggle because it's part of the sinful nature in our lives. Number three, give up control. Verse 10, he looked around at them and said to the men, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were so furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. We like coding things in our control. That's the reality. God, when he created men and women, he gave one. He said, you can enjoy a paradise. There's one tree you should not eat from the fruit of it. Knowledge of good and evil. Control between what is good and what is evil. God never meant for us to have control. Yes, he gives a, a free will. But look at even, we talked about Noah and his journey. What did he say to Noah? Make an ark. Do everything. He gave literally all the instructions. Don't put what in the ark. He doesn't say, like, if you try to find in your Bibles, uh, I think it's called, like, a helmet, what you use to, to stir the, the ship. So God never wanted Noah to control. He was in control. He knew how much the flood would last. But we like things in our, our control. When our finances are out of our control, we start to get anxious. When a health situation is out of our control, we begin to get anxious. Everything that is uncertain in our lives creates fear, creates anxiety. And I want to encourage you in this season that we are called to have faith. And faith is what? Knowing. It's an assurance. It's a certainty of the things, even the things that we don't see, realities that you don't see right now. We are very good about talking about our problems. We spend a lot of time talking about our problems. How much time are we spending declaring our miracles, our victories, speaking into them, speaking a reality that you don't see? Maybe you come to this place and you have complaint like, there are things that's about Cineplex that you don't like. Let me tell you, me neither. But we have two options. We can just complain. 
like the people in Israel in their journey to the promised land, or we can just thank God for what we have, for the ability to meet, the ability to find the presence of God together, the ability to pursue His presence, the ability to receive a touch from God like we just did this morning during our worship time. It is for moments like this. And our hearts can see, and I can see a bunch of empty seats, and we can declare, there's room for people to encounter God in this house. And I want to be a part of this generation that will make room and that will spread what God is doing. So I want to encourage you this morning to really position your hearts in a different way and to give up control. Something that I I heard this week is, we cry all the time for open heavens, but our Bibles are closed. So I want to encourage this season, our posture, the posture of our hearts needs to be different. Yeah, the worship team can come back. And I want to encourage you to do not give up because of hurts. And I I said this last time, the reality is that we are not perfect, so we may hurt you. But we have one goal, which is to see Jesus, to expand the kingdom of God in this place in this nation and we cannot give up there's let me tell you there's always going to be a temptation for you to give up on the plans of god for your life but i want to encourage you hold on to the word that he gave you there was a season of my life which i should go back to the season that i started running 5ks uh, five kilometers and i i was like getting really good i i got my time from 40 minutes the first time i ran to up to i think 23 minutes then i went And I said, I need a new challenge. I'll go to the 10K. But I noticed that if I apply the same sprints and the same pace that I did on 5K, I'll literally die at kilometer six. (laughs) I wouldn't make it into the end. So it's about pacing and it's about the end goal. Like I noticed that and not, I didn't do it because of this, but the medal only came for those who finished the race. And complete integrity it speaks about that I want to go all the way I want to go until the end I want to persevere until the end and no matter how long I have to wait I will persevere no matter the emotions that I have to face I'll persevere no matter the, the situations that I try to control I will persevere I give up control because I know that I'm not good at controlling our mind is a great co-pilot but is a horrible driver so we got to learn just to put who do we want in our driving seat of our lives? Who do we want in control of our finances? Jesus. So if you want to walk in generosity, put things in the right order, in the right perspective, and He will come and He will touch your life. He will do beautiful things in your life. And although we may be living in times of tension, this is the time for the church to awaken. This is the time for us to position. This is our time. You are part of this. And this is what I want to encourage you this morning. If you are here, God loves you so much. God values you so much that he wants to do something beautiful in your life. Your story is not over. No matter how old you are, your story is not over. And we are part of this, guys. And I want to encourage us to really in this season, if you want to see something different in your life, just position your heart. And say, God, you know what? The things that I'm holding on, giving to you. I'm stretching to you. You take control. And watch the beautiful healing that Jesus is going to do. Maybe he will heal something on the outside. But the ultimate goal is that he wants to heal your hearts. 
Every time that we used to go and treasure hunts and pray for the sick, our goal was always to share the love of God because people may experience a, a healing in their bodies, but if they don't experience the love of Jesus, your prayer was useless. All they got, it was a quick fix that they could have gotten a doctor. But the goal is that people experience God, and this is the vision of this house, helping everyone, everywhere, experience God. And I want to encourage you this morning, we're going to stand, and we're going to go back into worship. And I want to encourage us, our church, to, in this season, not to be shy anymore. Just to face what we're going through. We all have our problems, our issues, but we are here before the King of Kings. We're making room with our worship for God to come, invade, and change our, our reality. So just present before God. Maybe your uh, shriveled hand today is something else. It's an anxiety. It's a, a pain on your back. It's a miracle or a word that you have been spoken over, you haven't seen for the last few seasons. I want to encourage you to present. And we're going to worship one more time. And we're going to give Jesus praise. And I know that He will come and do the work. Wow, I hope you received from this message. I hope you uh, really received the touch from Jesus. If you said yes, if this is your first time saying yes to Jesus, accepting Him in your heart, please let us know. We want to connect with you. PrayerKingdomCulture.ca We will send resources your way. Please let us know. And we're looking forward to hearing from you. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing weekend. I will see you this Friday at Let Us Worship. Bye.